ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host, Michael Phelps. On this episode of the show, I talked to David, who has lost 130 pounds, is now doing one-on-one coaching, and he's done all of it while doing the ketogenic diet. So on this episode, we talked a lot about that style of eating. We talked about his struggles, his successes, the accountability that he's gotten from social media. All in all, really good episode. Lots of good stuff in here. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure you check David out on Instagram at keto double underscore D. And then make sure you head over to the Hungry for Success podcast Instagram. Give that a follow so you can stay up to date on all the upcoming content. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Here it is. David, what's up, man? What's up, brother? How are we doing? Doing good, man. So by your uh, Instagram name, which people might know you better, Keto D, uh, or Keto underscore D, I think uh, you're probably on the show today to talk about your vegetarian lifestyle, right? <laughs> it's Keto double underscore D. Uh, yeah, man, we're here, to, we're here to talk some good stuff. Awesome. Somebody already had the, the single underscore D? Um, I can't remember. I remember I tried to do just keto D just flat out. And then somebody who had like zero posts and like very little followers, I guess they left the, the, account, uh, the account alone. And I tried messaging them and be like, hey, can I get your name? But then I just started to be known as this keto double underscore D. And I even asked like some close buddies of mine and they were just like, just keep it like that because you could separate the D and so I'm just stuck. I'm just going to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works for you, man. So yeah. I understand you're down uh, near Miami. How is, I try to ask everyone how the COVID is, or the COVID restrictions are in their area, how it affects their gym life and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, um, as far as like the gym that I go to, I, um, you know, it's, they got their rules. Um, they clean it every single day from one to one thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to wear your mask. Um, when they first opened, they didn't really have that rule. It was kind of just like wipe everything down, don't wear a mask, whatever. So I was working at, working out in there, and the gym's usually empty when I go in there anyway, even before COVID. Um, so you know, I would just get my workouts in, and eventually, like they came out with these rules, you know, wipe the machines down. There can't be more than seven people in there. If not, there's like a little bit of a wait list, and then um, so yeah, they started implementing the whole uh, mask thing. And, and yeah, that's, that's the gym that I've been going to, uh, as far as everywhere else. I mean, as long as you keep your, your safe distance, but yeah, you still gotta be, you know, wearing your mask. I know that in, in certain areas in Miami, they've opened up certain restaurants, you know, to like 50% capacity or probably even less. Um, they also have outdoor dining. A lot of like, I've noticed that a lot of like local businesses, small businesses, like they've adapted well, as far as like, you know, they take in the hit. So they're like, okay, this happened. So what can we do to like change our style? And a lot of them have, you know, gone to outdoor dining, which has been cool. Um, so yeah, that's what's been going on over here. Um, as far as when I like, I live in a complex and when I go do cardio around my complex, we have like a trail here. That's where I did my mile earlier today. And, you know, we have that rule that if you're exercising or doing any type of like, you know, activity like that. You, you don't have to wear a mask. So, you know, nobody really tells me anything. I'm getting natural vitamin D. It's hot, you know, sweating. So. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> yeah. like a good way to do it, man. Yeah. So 
I want to jump right into your story. And if uh, you don't mind, just give us a little bit of background and, and how you've gotten made these extraordinary changes and gotten to the point that you are now. Absolutely, man. Uh, I, I mean, I grew up in a Cuban American household. I uh, had asthma from the age of two to about nine. Don't really have much uh, memory about that. I just know that I had a couple of asthma attacks. Um, one in a Walt Disney resort uh, while sleeping, um, just, you know, couldn't stop stop breathing or whatever, and had like a massive attack. Um, and then I remember just being hooked up to the nebulizer. My mom would have to call me in, and you know, I have to put the machine on and breathe. And then my friends are outside like playing manhunt and all this fun stuff, um, and I couldn't really go outside. Um, but yeah, I you know, nobody in my family has been obese uh my dad has a history of working out you know gym guy he was into like guys like lou ferrigno arnold schwarzenegger you know franco colombo guys like that um we're a baseball family so that's the sport i've been playing since four years old um even being big uh lots of the shots that i had to get due to um my asthma had steroids so you know i'm pretty sure that gave me an appetite and made me bigger. Cause like I said, I'm, I was, there's nobody obese in my family. Everybody tan, you know, thin or athletic build, dark hair. I came out blonde, white and <laughs> obese. So, um, that's how I pretty much how it was growing up. Uh, obviously dealt with lots of bullying. Um, they caught the fist. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was, you know, he just told me, you know, don't take any, you know, don't take any shit. And, you know, if somebody makes fun of you, don't let them disrespect you. You know, we'll worry about the consequences later if it comes down to that. So I, I you know, I had to defend myself. Um, wasn't going to let anybody, you know, talk crap to my face or, or anything like that. Um, being that I played baseball, I had lots of coaches who, you know, saw my size and they're like, this guy can't move. So, you know, I couldn't play my natural position, which was third. They thought I wasn't fast enough. And I was just like, man, put me there. I'll show you. So they had to put me like at first which, you know, I got really good at first. I love playing first, but, you know, and they would put me in outfield sometimes and there, that's like legit, not my position. Uh, and yeah, man, through, you know, throughout school and everything, like being picked on, that's just, it was part of it. Um, being called a big D or, you know, big daddy was, <laughs> was a little league nickname. Um, but yeah, man, I, at, at times I just embraced it. It is what it is. And then, you know, throughout that whole history of my whole childhood, I tried every diet in the book. Um, Slim Fast, Acupuncture, Jenny Craig, uh, all sorts of things, you know, and nothing really worked. I remember, you know, being in, you know, going to go get the acupuncture. It was like little needles in your ear and supposedly you press them and they take away your hunger. Plus it's like pills and a certain diet and that's a new one know. for me. I've not heard about the acupuncture. Yeah, man. It, it's one of these, one of these things. Um, post high school, you know, I picked up a job in restaurants, you know, serving tables and you know, what comes with that is all sorts of eating. <laughs> uh, especially if you're on the go, lots of times I had two jobs. So it was either like a restaurant and retail, a restaurant, and you know working for a city that's another thing i picked up uh, a passion for working with individuals with intellectual disabilities that's 
kind of what my job is now. I teach them daily living skills. I work with, uh, I work at a center for adults. Um, say like the oldest is like in their sixties around there, youngest being like probably like 22 around there. Um, so I picked up a passion for that, but like, you know, still working at restaurants, you know, just to make ends meet. And, you know, uh, like I said, I tried everything in the book. Um, you know, wasn't successful relationship wise, uh, with women, you know, my brother would tell me sometimes, and it's the same concept he would tell me, and he didn't say it to be mean, but he did tell me like a couple times, like, Oh, you, you know, at one time I wanted to be a physical education teacher. And he goes, do you really like the big, the fat physical education teacher? Do you really think like that? That's a joke. Like, and, and then I would, and then, you know, I would, you know, agree with them and, you know, be like, oh, I guess. And then he'd say the same thing. He'd be like, look at, like, nothing against big guys, but, like, do you really think that a girl is going to be interested in you like that, you know, and you can't take care of yourself? What makes you think you're going to take care of her as well? So he made a lot of sense. Um, and certain things he did, and a lot of things me and him disagreed on, and, you know, we had fights. But it was, it was just him being an older brother. My sister also, you know, would be in my ear um, telling me to do a lot of things. She took her health you know, to be in the top priority and, and she got, you know, into it and now she's got like abs and stuff and she's in her forties. So <laughs> she's doing good. Um, but we're all like a very athletic family now. Well, now that I've joined the group, um, we've always been athletic though. Um, but yeah, man. So I met my wife, uh, and while we were dating, it was just, you know, lots and lots of eating, lots of going out. Um, you know, I, she's never battled obesity, you know, she's beautiful, gorgeous, um, but she's never dealt with that, like, you know, like I have, and, you know, lots of times I'll, even to this day, I'll pinch her, and I'll be like, are you really real, like, <laughs> hey, you sometimes really, you fall you in love life? and get like, fat and really happy, score? yeah, like, did I really score this big, like, no, God must be blessing me, man, like, <laughs> um, but, like I said, she, she's never dealt with the obesity side of, of things, or whatever, and, so she's obviously had a front row seat to this whole thing, supporting me. And then we were doing HCG. Have you heard of HCG? I have not. Okay. HCG is like a diet from like the 50s. Um, the original diet was like 500 calories. Like it was nothing. And then Ooh. you take uh, some drops or injections. And also like you get like vitamin B12 or whatever. Um so the new revised diet, I think, is like 1,100 calories or 1,200 calories, which is still nothing. And then you get like a food list, and the list is very, very limited. Like I remember a lettuce leaf, a piece of chicken, and like mustard. Like it was very, <laughs> very depressing. Um, I don't know how or why, but we, we hopped into it together. We were like, hey, you know, we've had the little honeymoon of that. We got together, but let's, you know, focus on ourselves or whatever. And then we tried that diet, and we were successful. I, I think she lost like 25 pounds. I lost 50 um, a good friend of mine's wedding was like right around the corner. So, you know, I was confident. I mean, I've always had, I had confidence. I never had that issue, but you know, going into that wedding, I was like, damn, I look good. I lost 50 pounds. A couple of people complimented me and then fell off. She fell off. And then we tried to attempt the diet several times after that. And it was just not successful. And the way the diet works is like the first two days you have to load on basically you eat whatever you want. And then after that, for like four to six weeks, you go down drastically and like very limited food. And, and then I think you ease off of it or whatever. But 
it's out there that i mean it works but it's not sustainable so yeah it sounds like you're you know, starving yourself yeah dude it was it was pretty bad it was pretty bad I, I did not like it like like i said we it worked good the first time like the following like eight nine times after that that we tried it it was just not successful so you know she had friends that were doing keto i had friends that were doing keto so you know I started to pick their brain and, you know, look into things, started YouTubing, you know, looking on Google hashtags on, you know, Instagram and, you know, started to become, you know, obsessed with it. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. You know, I can have burgers, I can have steak, uh, eggs, cheese, bacon, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, I was like, this is awesome. And people lose weight off this. So around that time, my wife and I had moved into my parents' apartment complex, you know, to save money stuff young couples do. Um, so we moved in, whatever. My parents have a gym, you know, that's the gym I use. And so I told myself, January, New Year's resolution, mm -hmm. starting keto, hitting the gym, also implementing intermittent fasting. And that's kind of something that I implemented like kind of before keto, just testing that out because I looked into that and I started doing that. So those were the three main things, you know, told myself the gym's downstairs. There's also the sauna. I started using the sauna post-workout for like 25 to 30 minutes. Um, and then the weight just started melting off, man. It just, just started coming off. And, you know, it was a day by day struggle and process. A lot of times, you know, I hate Mondays. I was born on a Monday and I don't know I still have that lazy feeling of, oh, I don't want to do anything on Mondays. If it rains, like if it, and it rains in, in Miami a lot, and you know if it rains like i get that's how it was yesterday it was raining crazy and i'm like nope i'm going to the gym <laughs> no yeah. no you're not gonna get me today it's a it's a mental game it really mm -hmm. is a mental game and uh so yeah man um starting keto january got into it doing good once i hit like around february 13th like right before valentine's day i had my uh, a co-worker's wedding and cheated big time him being the groom sitting next to his wife, he looked at me and he was just like, really? And I'm like, <laughs> I'll, I'm back on track tomorrow. So literally like right after that, day after, right back on. That, and then from then on, like say February 13th on till May, when I left to Dominican Republic for a destination wedding, no cheats. And then by the time I got to Dominican Republic, like that day, 75 pounds down. I had a button-down shirt, sandlot shirt that I've been dying to wear that I couldn't button down. It was always open, yeah. And it closed that day. It was amazing. I had, it was just that is amazing. I was able to zip line. Uh, I told myself, get in a workout. You're staying at an all-inclusive resort. You know they're gonna have a nice gym. So I did that. I I squeezed in, you know, a workout at the gym. We also did like hiking, you know. Um, and I was freaking out, honestly, because I had reached out to many, you know, people that I follow on keto influencers, and they all told me, you know, dude, just enjoy yourself. You've, you're already fat adapted. Just enjoy yourself, come back, and just get back, you know, to the routine. So that's what I did. And then when I got back, it was followed by a trip to a random trip, a uh, spontaneous trip to Disney's Food and Wine, because, you know, that's a couple hours away. So, you know, you had, you had to make that trip. Um, so we hit up food and wine at the end of it all i stepped on the scale and i was probably like 11 pounds over and i knew in my head like i said it's a mental game mm -hmm. but i knew in my head it was water weight so you know 
just got right back to my routine, kept on losing weight, kept on hitting the gym, you know, and that's it. The rest is history. And here I am, uh, what, 135 pounds down? I haven't done the math, but. That's yeah, awesome. I, I'm, I'm right now fluctuating. Like I'm, I'm stepped on the scale today and I was 228. I'm still trying to get to 220, man. That's my, that's my, that was my main goal from the beginning. Um, I've had several things. I got married, my birthday, several, you know, spontaneous trips to, to Universal and Disney, you know, with their new COVID restrictions. And I honestly mm-hmm. feel safe just in case anybody sees this. He's going to a theme park. Totally safe. I, I feel totally <laughs> safe. And I do going to a grocery store but yeah that's another conversation for another time um but yeah man like it's it's never ending the whole journey it it never ends you know obviously i i my body has caught up and realized hey you know you need to change things up so that's where where i'm at right now just changing up my diet trying different things to get down to 220 and it's last 10 pounds have been harder than the 135 i lost to be honest with you Uh, last 10 pounds are they don't they don't come easy man no, especially when you've lost that much weight already. So what was like yeah. your, your starting weight? My starting weight was 355. 355. Around 355-ish. Like, I don't think I, I stepped on the scale very first day. Um, I do know the biggest I've ever been in my life, around like 375. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, you're down a lot whenever you yeah. go from the biggest. Uh, we're pretty yeah. similar in that. Um so my starting weight, the heaviest I ever got on the scale was 342. Um, and I'm sitting, I'm fluctuating right now between 220 and 225. So sitting, sitting right there. Um, I want to be where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, actually I was, I got down to 212 right before vacation. And then yeah. um, after coming back, I just haven't really been um, in the mood to, to really push it down. Um, but yeah. there was a couple things in your story that I really wanted to jump into. So, you know, one thing I try to always find out is kind of the, the root of things of how, what led you to your biggest. And I know you hinted on it a little bit there with like the steroid shots and you kind of developed an appetite. Did that turn yeah. into, um, like, uh, poor eating habits or a bad relationship with food or binge eating or anything like that? I mean, I don't know. I just, I just always had a hunger. Like as far as my parents, the, they knew how to cook the basics. I know everybody's like, he's got a Cuban, Cuban background. And I mean, I didn't really eat, you know, my grandparents died at a young age that, you know, I, I, they didn't, they tried their best to, to do what they could. Um, and a lot of the stuff that we ate was just pop in the oven, uh, you know, right, simple rice and beans, uh, you know, some steak and rice, uh, stuff like that. And then as I got older and then once I got my license and all that stuff, it was this game on after that. Yeah. And, you know, late night trips to Taco Bell, easily spending 20 to $25, you know, just by myself. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, I would go into like, I, I was a night crawler. Like I would get home from a friend's house um, you know, late night and then just have like a feast in my room, hide wrappers in my closet under, you know, my clothes, uh, empty Pringles, you know, cans, like it was just a disaster, bro. And, and even to this day, like even when I go to Universal and, or any theme park or have a cheat day, like I go hard. 
Like I've had friends tell me, they're like, David, you have like, I wish I had your appetite. <laughs> and I'm like, no, well, you, you got to remember I fast too. Like sometimes I go like deep into the day, like three, four today. I don't, I don't think I ate till like four o'clock. And, um, so yeah, my, my meals are a little bit bigger. I got to squeeze in, you know, my calories in by a certain, by a certain time. And, uh, but yeah, even when I do have my cheat meals, it's kind of like the rock man. Like I'm going to exaggerate because <laughs> it's stuff that I don't have once in a while, but honestly, like it's instant regret right after. And it's, you know, you get your quick fix, but then after that, like I just have the tums ready and I know that I'm going to get heartburn. I know I'm going to snore. That's another thing that went away with my weight loss, like snoring, sleep apnea, yeah. stuff like that. Um, it, it was really bad, really, really bad to the point, you know, I was scaring my wife. She would record me and, you know, be like, listen, listen, like you stop breathing, you know, in the middle of the night and all this stuff. And then now it's like, you don't even hear me. But when I do eat bad, you hear me. I don't, I'm very restless in, in the middle of the night. I don't sleep good. And it's a reminder to go back to, you know, keto. And that's the lifestyle that, you know, that I enjoy. And like I tell everybody, I tell my clients the same thing. Like, you know, you're trying keto with me, but maybe keto may not work for you. Maybe you not, may not enjoy it. Maybe you find, I don't know, paleo and you enjoy that or being a vegan or carnivore, whatever it is that you, you enjoy. And that's what you like, you know, so. I remember my wife asking me in the beginning of keto, like, oh, do you, do you think this is going to be something that you're going to be able to do for the rest of your life? And I told her, I don't know yet. Let me get like to my goal weight or close to my goal weight and I'll be able to tell you. Now I can tell you, yeah, it's, it's, it's my norm. And, you know, if I have a cheat, I have a cheat. She's free to eat whatever she wants. Nobody puts a gun to her head and tells her, hey, eat keto. For the most part, she, you know, she supports me and she eats keto meals thrown in there. But for the most part, like, you know, she was eating a bag of Cheetos earlier and, you know, she still works out and gets her stuff and, you know, she's more lenient with her diet. Me, I'm a little bit more strict, you know, because I've, I have a, I'd say more of a food addiction and I've battled all that. And like I said, hiding food and, and all that stuff and, and binging, um, and just not eating. Like I, Thanksgiving, Christmas, it'll be several plates, not just one. And, uh, you know, nowadays I'll eat just like one plate. I'm good. I'm satiated. I'm, I'm fine. So, <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of people I've talked to have had a problem with that, like secretive eating, like even, even myself, like I would go to the like gas station out of convenience and buy, you know, like donuts and, and energy drinks and stuff and like eat them on my way. And nobody and would, would know. Nobody would know, but I would never go to like, walmart or whatever and buy like a whole pack of donuts and keep them at my house like so you know my wife would see or anybody like that and really just started yeah. off as like a convenience thing but then also you don't want anybody to see you like crushing three packs of those like white powdered donuts every morning either and it's funny you said that because um even to this day like taco bell's always been like a favorite of mine since i was a kid i know many people are like taco whatever to each his own and even on days that I know I'm going to cheat or whatever, and I'm going to get Taco Bell, like, I'll be like, oh, babe, you know, my cheat I want Taco Bell. You know, that's what I want. So she'll be like, okay. And like I said, I exaggerate. So I still do that, like, sneak eating, and I'll sneak in, like, a burrito or a taco or something, like, while driving home before I get to her. And then she'll just see what I, or, yeah, I still, yeah. I still do that, dude. I still do that. It's, it's in me. It's like and, a weird uh, And I told habit. her, I'm like, 
just letting you know I had a burrito on the way. <laughs> and she goes, well, well, you know, did you get me something extra? And I'm like, no. <laughs> but, but no, like, I, you know, that's something that I always did. Like, you know, and then eventually, like, when I would get home from, like, when I still lived with my parents, I would, you know, have the bag. And then if, the, if a neighbor sees me, it's just one bag, not like two or three. And yeah, I'd be like, yeah, because I ate the burrito on the way. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, that's the, the fat boy in me is, is always going to be there. So. so did keto like really work for you because you had an issue with carbs and that was a way to completely cut them out? I honestly didn't think about it like that. I, 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 a lot of the things that I tell my clients is don't get in your head too much. So that was kind of the, the thing that I told myself with this, um, you know, I was just like, let me, you know, give this keto thing a try. I didn't think that carbs were the enemy and I still don't think carbs are the enemy. Um, you know, I know people that have lost weight with carbs. It's all about, all about how you, you know, use them. And um, now I can say that I like, I have my carbs around my workout time. So I'll have like a little bit before, a little bit after. Um, and what, what I mean by that is I'll like have like some low carb, you know, like flatbread with, you know, my meal or probably like some almonds or some Brazil nuts or something like that. Um, same thing post-workout. And, um, and yeah, but you know, that's, that's been the regimen as far as, you know, I've never had an issue with carbs. I love carbs, but, and I know that, you know, I will get to a point where I'm going to be like cyclical keto where I, you know, incorporate like sweet potato and, and rice, like be keto Monday through Friday. And then I'll, on the weekends, you know, throwing some rice and all that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. bodybuilder diet and chick, chicken and, and broccoli, chicken and rice. You know, I know many people, Alexander, Alejandro Poro, yep. you know, mm-hmm. the, the Poro diet, you know, uh, chicken rice and uh and broccoli yeah that's and, um, essentially my diet right now you know and i don't and i don't knock that i don't tell people hey, the carbs are are like the enemy but i do i keep it low carb well the reason why low carb. the reason i asked that question is because so probably uh, it's hard to remember but 60 to 70 pounds of my weight loss came while i did keto and the reason why like mm-hmm. in looking back on it now that it really worked is because um for me in my lifestyle, like I, whenever I overate, it always tended to be carbs, right? Like I would have like my one portion of meat at dinner, the smallest portion of vegetables you've ever seen. And then like a whole stack of mashed potatoes and cornbread and all this kind of stuff. And then like, that's the things I naturally were drawn to like at the grocery store were those donuts and, and uh, yeah, Doritos, all that stuff. And you know, so what was so awesome for me was I'm a very all or nothing kind of person. So being able to cut that out completely, like yeah. really fit my lifestyle. Cause I, you know, like I love the meat and the fats and all that kind of stuff. So when I was, when I didn't have that temptation to go over, that was like really set me up and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I mean, if I have a cheat meal and I have bread, I'm not gonna be mad at it. You know, one thing I can tell you that for sure that I've enjoyed is the feeling Mm -hmm. of being on keto because I never feel sluggish. 
I never feel like that, you know, you, oh, I just had like, like that pasta feeling. Like I was speaking to a friend of mine today and he was telling me how like the whole day after him having pasta, like he felt so heavy, like sluggish. He didn't want to do anything. And I told him, I don't feel that on keto, dude. Like I'm very satiated. I eat, but I don't like gorge myself to the point where I'm just like, I have to open up a button in my pants. Like I, I don't ever get to that point, you know? And and I tell him, I'm like, everything, you know, a lot of things about keto is reverse of what we were brought up knowing. Like, as far as for like me trying to teach like my mom, for example, like my mom tried keto and it was, it worked out for her for a little bit, but then, you know, she, that's just not the lifestyle for her. Um, and, you know, and I know that with, with, you know, older people, it's, it's, you know, it's hard, you know, to teach them about nutrition because they're so used to the, you know, how they were brought up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then everything about keto is kind of like new. So, you know, I told them, I was, you know, I told my buddy, I was like, dude, like stuff, you know, like abuela, your grandmother, like they don't know about nutrition. So they're going to be like, they're very quick to call you fat. <laughs> you look, you look very fat, but yeah. then they serve you a big plate of like rice and beans and a whole bunch of like fatty stuff. And that's just, you know, mm-hmm. that's just the, the Latin culture. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it all depends on how you utilize your carbs. Like I said, I have mine around, you know, my workout time. I will, you know, my dad keeps telling me that to get to 200, I think that's like too much for me. I think I would be like really anorexic. Um, I have like, you know, a wide frame. So like, you know, I've always wanted to be muscular and, and stuff like that. I, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I told him, let me get to 221st. Yeah. Then you know two fifteen and then two ten and let's see let's take it little by little but I'm still struggling to get to twenty, um, but yeah like I said I woke up today like at two twenty eight and uh, yesterday I think I only had like fourteen total carbs today I think I've only had like around eleven total carbs today and then I got I know I got like some stir fry steak there that my wife's gonna cook with uh, some like um, cabbage or whatever so gonna have a little bit of that and uh and some meat and some water (laughs) but yeah man that's basically the i've done carnivore um i did carnivore january for world carnivore month and that was when my physique took you know a turn for like the best like i I was seeing like you know bicep veins and veins popping out of my arms like more definition and uh and like I said, that was just me experimenting, you know, and also it was World Carnivore Month. So, you know, just hopped on doing that. And I think I lost like 11 to 12 pounds in that month alone. Awesome. Uh, February went back to keto. And then March, I did a contest for Carnivore again. I think the winner of the trip, the winner uh, gets a trip to Mexico and to tell them. So, and they do that jungle gym yeah. uh, thing. So that, that was pretty cool. But it was hundreds of people, man. And then towards right towards the tail end of the competition COVID happened and and it honestly threw off a lot of people including myself including you know the guy that that organized it uh Danny Vega okay and um you know it 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 threw off everybody so I I personally was not I didn't hit the weight I wanted to hit um I thought I could have done better um but going carnivore I mean it's helped big time you know with everything, with my energy, skin, everything, my sleep, everything, my physique, everything. Now, can I do carnivore sustainably my whole life? I'm not. I'm being realistic. Nah. 
Um, that's why I do more of like a protein based, you know, keto. You know, I still love my avocado, my keto ice cream, my keto pizza. I'm keeping it real. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I do. Yeah. So a couple of things that you're talking about in there, it was like one the people, you know, that they've been preached to kind of their whole life, you know, like red meat's bad, fat, saturated fat's bad for you, all this kind of stuff. Like I remember when I was doing keto, my like go-to thing was like six, eight eggs every morning and just crushing them. Even like sometimes adding extra yolks in there. Eggs are my jam, bro. That's like my superfood. That's one of my favorites. I feel you. So I was talking about this to a friend and this like lady overheard me and she was like, you cannot eat eggs every day you are going to get die of like heart disease. It's a she was myth. like, she was like, you got to take the yolks out, all this kind of stuff. It's a myth. Yeah. I completely agree with you, but it's just so crazy. Like this lady was literally telling me like one egg a day was going to give me heart disease. And I'm like, some of the information that people have mm-hmm. is just out of this world. In- it's wrong. Yeah. And, and then I've also learned that a lot of doctors don't really spend much time learning about nutrition um for example when i went to my doctor after everything blood results everything came back perfect the last recorded weight that i had at the at the doctor was 341 um obviously you know i came back and i was had lost over 100 pounds so i never got to see my doctor which i was always pissed about i always saw the practitioner and then she would be like oh my god what are you doing and i'm like i'm doing keto intermittent fasting and i'm basically living in the gym drinking water like there's no tomorrow and she goes wow like this is amazing your numbers are great like all this stuff and she goes do you eat eggs and i'm like yeah i eat eggs and she goes do you eat the yolk and i'm like yeah why (laughs) (laughs) and she and then she went off and 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 i'm like with all due respect i'm not taking anything away from your degrees and your code or whatever but my opinion is that's a myth. And if my numbers speak for themselves, then I'm telling you, I eat six eggs almost every other day. And, you know, eggs are a big part of my journey and how I've gotten the, the physique that I have, you know, can't be a bad thing. So we got into that or whatever. And then I was like, should I change doctors? <laughs> because a lot of these doctors, like I said, and I'd looked that up and, and Dr. Ken Berry, like I wish Dr. Ken Berry, I don't know if you heard of him. Mm-mm. I wish he was my doctor. Um, look him up. He, he's really good. Um, I think he's in Tennessee. Okay. I think he's in Tennessee, but yeah. Um, and he, I, I remember one of his YouTube videos, he even provided links, um, so you can look up like low carb doctors and doctors that are about that, you know, lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think of like the term that comes to me when, when I think of a doctor and he knows about that is like, Oh, he's woke. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's woke. like, but he, but he knows, but he knows. It's your definition of a woke doctor knows about the keto. And yeah. Like, lifestyle. He, like, but yeah, like buddy, buddy knows, you know, and he's not just stuck to the old science and the old nutrition of oh, like, do you remember the nineties? And it was just like, Oh, everything low fat. Like, yeah come on man so you know i've had conversations several conversations uh especially with people you know on the street older people or whatever and and i've had an an older gentleman i'd say he was in his like early 70s and uh he works out at the center that i work at because like my center that i work at is connected to a, a a park so he's always walking around and he's, you know, there every morning, 
uh, we walk with our students, you know, every morning. And he saw me and he was like, you know, in Spanish, he was like, you've lost a lot of weight. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, what are you doing? So I told him what I was doing. And then right when I mentioned, you know, about keto, he was like, what is that? And then I broke it down to him. And then he was like, that's bad. And I'm like, <laughs> people are always going to talk crap about stuff that they don't know about. And I'm like, it's a lot more than just that. Why don't you just like do your research about it yeah. and you'll see. And I'm like, do you, do you remember what I look like? And I told him that and he was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, like I look like a different person, dude. Like I'm still getting to know this guy, like this body or whatever. And I can do things now that I couldn't do before. I'm sleeping better than I've ever slept before. Um, that's, I'm, I'm, you know, jumping at, at, at things that used to scare me back in the mm -hmm. day that I would, I'm never doing that. I'm too big for that. Yeah, right. Poro asked me to do CrossFit one day, the first time we met. No, not the first time we met. That was the second time that we worked out. But he was like, want to do CrossFit? Heck yeah. Never done it before in my life. Let's do it. The big guy would have been like, no, nah, man, I got knee issues, my ankle. I had two screws in my ankle, which I do. But just, just not yeah. scared of that stuff not nowadays, man. I'm, so I told Buddy, and I was just like, yo, like, I, I, I have so much more life in me now, man. So, and I've gone to the doctor, I've done my blood work, I've done tests and stuff like that, and everything's come back A+. plus. So what else are you going to tell me? I mean, you're just going off information, you know, from back in the day, you know, and stuff like that. So I really do think that, you know, a lot of doctors are not really schooled on that. Lots of people, you know, especially the older generation, you know, they, they're used to what, what they know. I feel like I have an advantage. I had a big weight loss in 2011, yeah. coaching Special Olympics, uh, and I was just running with my team and just eating like rice and chicken and corn and all sorts of vegetables, just, you know, what I thought was, was healthy. And I don't look nothing like I did at that time compared to now. Back then, I got to like 255 around like 2011, 2012. And I was like 375, like I told you, I got on 255 around there. And my physique was way different, way different. And now it's like, you know, stay away from, pro when people ask me, oh, what's your definition of clean food or eating clean? Nothing processed, eating whole foods, you know, ingredients yeah. you can read, you know, yeah, not poly sure. something, something or crazy words that you don't even know what they mean that you got to look up and it turns out to be sugar when it says no sugar on mm -hmm. the front so you know it, it, it's been a very big learning process a lot of my the stuff that has come out of this has been you know i listen to podcasts now i something this podcast would have never found you if i if i was not or you found me or whatever like i would have never been into i wasn't into podcasts before all this and now yeah. that's that's mostly what i listen to when i that's work out. same for me same for me yeah just educating myself and, and learning of you know, maybe Buddy knows something I don't, you know, on Gormy's uh, podcast or Ethan Suplee's podcast or the Keto Savage or whatever, like just basically picking everybody's brain and, oh, damn, he mentioned something that I haven't tried. Let me try that. You know, uh, another thing I tell my clients is use your resources. You know, sometimes I don't have all the answers. Sometimes I'm not around when you call me or text me or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be afraid of the Internet. Look up hashtags. Look up Google, YouTube, whatever, and you'll you'll find a lot of stuff. There's a lot of people out there to to learn from, and um, and I said it like beginner once, 
student always, man. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know everything there is to know about keto. I'm just a dude who did it, worked out, did fasting, and my I saved my own life. Like, I saved my life with all that. Yeah, the student always thing, that's a great mentality to have. I mean, I came into this thing not really knowing anything about nutrition. I mean, I was always into working out and stuff, but podcasts, YouTube, all those things have been awesome resources for me and have, I mean, that's how I've gotten to where I am now. Um, yeah. And I really want to talk more about like your, your coaching and, and, uh, the keto and everything, but I want to get just a little bit deeper into your story. And, um, so what was it that made you finally say like enough is enough, you know, I'm 350 pounds. I got to change. What was there like a defining moment or something that happened that made you, uh, make that change? <clears throat> one of the things, uh, and like I said, my, well, I don't think I mentioned, but my wife and I, when we first got together, we were like, let's get it. We're going to be universal studios, pass holders. We're going to be Disney pass holders. And you know, Disney is plus size friendly. Basically you can at three fifty five. I can, I was able to ride almost everything, even like space mountain. And that ride is like super tight. Um, universal on the other hand, even their, you know, their adjustable seat or, or I forgot what it's called, but the seat with double, you know, straps, you know, even that I couldn't fit into because you had to be like really small in the waist and the hips and I'm Cuban. So that doesn't work out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, it was, it was lots of times being in line for that and being told, you know, it got to a point where, you know, I couldn't ride certain rides and, and, and another thing was flight of passage in, in, uh, in Disney animals kingdom, the avatar ride can lock and it's kind of like you gotta sit in like motorcycle style and then a little thing like locks on your back and locks behind your calves so those things can lock and they tell me you can't you can't ride that was crushing because the ride alone is like two and a half hour wait so to wait that long and then to be told no like it was it was crushing man so those were were moments that stuck with me having to shop in in you know Burlington Coat Factory and, and Marshalls in the plus size section or having to order certain clothes or whatever. Um, you know, not to get slim fit because obviously like <laughs> that wouldn't, yeah, there's no that slim wouldn't fit work out. At that, point. that wouldn't work out. But yeah, man, I remember the biggest pant size I was ever was like 52. And then now I'm like, I think I'm like in between 36 and 38. 38s are like loose on me now, but I haven't tested 36. So I'm probably in between um one from 3xl to large like and that's where i'm hoping to stay i don't want to get to medium but no whatever. Me neither. yeah I, I would like to be large i want to be known as just the large guy <laughs> um but yeah man it, it's it's been stuff like that i i had developed gout being very big um you know what gout is yeah yeah, it's it sucks. The king, the king's disease is what they call it. Um, that's the the album of uh, the name of the album for Nas, his his latest uh, rap album. But yeah, and that's when I started getting that. It was a really really bad. When I started keto, it I wouldn't say completely went away. Mm -hmm. Throughout my whole journey, I probably had maybe like uh, two attacks the last attack that i had i'm very sensitive when it comes to oils so my mother-in-law i think had cooked some pork or whatever and vegetable oil 
that could have been it. I'm not going to sit here and say what was it or I don't, I don't know. But all I know is that I haven't had, I had a, an attack, what, early this year? Lasted for like about two weeks where I can get full motion of my, of my big toe. Um, so I was on my, uh, on the couch for like a while. I can move. It was very tender to the touch, like not even a, a comforter, a comforter or anything could touch it. Cause it would just hurt so much, um, wow. or put any weight on it. It was really bad. So don't um, they tell you to stay away from like all like sources of protein whenever you have gout? They do say that. They do say that. I remember <laughs> when I first got tested, uh, my doctor looked at my tongue and was like, yep, that's gout. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. And then she brought out like a paper and it was just a list of food that I can't eat. And it's basically like everything. So, yeah. um, but I, I follow certain people, uh, Magic Mike Keto. He's a, another one that I follow. And he was a um, chronic, you know, he had chronic gout. Um, Mine, I would say, was like more acute, like, you know, every once in a blue moon. Um, and uh, he had that. And he, like I said, he was he, he would get it all the time. And then he told me that he switched the keto and then he wouldn't get them as often. And then but he would still get them every once in a blue moon. Then he switched to carnivore. Nothing. Wow. So not even a whiff of a symptom. So I was like. They, everybody thinks, oh, don't eat red meat. That's the first thing I've, everybody's been told, like been telling me. Oh, if you get a gout attack, don't eat red meat. I'm like, that's not the cause. Like you can say what you want and think that all you want, but that it's not the cause. I do. I honestly thought it was it was the oil that I used or whatever. Because like also when you eat out on keto, you're mm -hmm. kind of taking a risk. The decision you make is way better than something else you would have gotten, but still you don't know what oil they cook with. So that's where it's like. A mystery but my decisions on keto eating out are way better than what i would have eaten you know back in the day so yeah it is what it is so when it comes to your journey what has been the uh biggest factor that's made you this successful just not giving up um back in the day i was always you know try something give up uh go to the gym get really really sore <laughs> And then not be able to move the next day. And then I was just like, I'm not going back to the gym. Screw that. And, you know, it's just I told myself, don't give up, man. Just stay the course. You know, even if you have a, a, a get together, like I said, I, this was my weight loss was before COVID. So temptation was always there. Holidays, Cinco de Mayo, whatever, you know. And I told myself, Hey, I'm going to eat bad that day, but I'm still going to go to the gym. Uh, you know, I'm still going to stay on routine. Uh, lots of friends were very nice and would even make meals for me and my wife. And they would be like, hey, we know you're on keto. We're going to make this and this and this for you. Like very supportive friends. You know, you don't see a lot of that. Um, family supported me too. Um, I know it's not exactly the best thing to ask, but sometimes, you know, my family would have, my brother, my sister would have, get-togethers and I would hit them up and be like may I ask what it is that you guys are gonna have for food because I need to know so I can either eat before uh, eat after or just know what to eat or whatever and and sometimes they would get mad at me but I told them I was like I've been dealing with weight loss my whole life so I'm doing anything and everything I can I'm sorry if this bothers you but I'm just I have an obsession with food and 
this I, I'm, I'm trying to get a handle of it and this is the only way I know how so I'm sorry I'm asking you this but I need to know because I need to like think ahead and uh so yeah um a lot of sacrificing man a lot of sacrificing you know it's very quick and easy to go have a guy's night out and go drinking or five o'clock happy hour and all that stuff I had bigger and better goals my wife would tell me all the time oh i'm gonna go have a girls night why don't you call so-and-so or so-and-so and and chill with them and i'm like i'm gonna go to the gym mindset you know it was this mindset it was i told myself i was like i've been there done that man like i'm ready to settle down like we got married i want to have kids like i want to focus on us me like i want to get better with age and so i just want to go to the gym and work on myself and that's my obsession now. Like I said, even when I travel, like I have to book a hotel or something with a gym and at least, and at least squeeze in a workout. But the, like I said, the mindset plays a big part, a big, big part. You got to want it. You got to want it. And that's the thing with me. And, and I feel like a lot of it is that I matured. And I, find, like, I finally matured because you know how guys mature later on than girls. Um, a lot of it was just me just manning up and just maturing. And thank God it happened. It happened that in my early thirties, I started this what, thirty one. Now I'm thirty three. Yeah. So yeah, early thirties, man. And my dad was always in my ear. Everybody was always in my ear and telling me, "Yo, take advantage now. You know, you don't want to have to be going through medications and doctor visits and all that stuff." And I was going that route, like showing pre-diabetic symptoms. You know, the gout, sleep apnea. You know. It's not looking good. Yeah. And also working in, in in the restaurant business, my wife would have to like rub my ankles because I would have I would show up with because I'm I'm flat footed, so I would get a lot of like pain on the inside of, of my ankle or whatever. Nothing anymore, dude. Like it's just it's it's gone. I don't have feet pain. I don't have ankle pain. I I said it before. I wish I can say I feel like I did when I was 18. I was obese at 18. 13. I was obese at 13 eight i was obese at eight so i've never i've never gotten this low in my life i've never been this weight in my life as an adult and and it's been a hell of a ride but it's not over but yeah i mean it's never over but i want to i want to go the race never ends no never i want to go back to that question and kind of give it to you on the flip side of what has been the biggest struggle during your journey um just trying different approaches. Um, when you hit that stall, it really gets into your head. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you plateau or whatever, and and just stepping on the scale. Like I, I, I hate that about myself. Like I wake up in the morning, I pee, I pull off my clothes. Like if I'm in the NBA, you know, like step on the scale, and I'm always like on that number and I need to stop. I need to stop doing that. Like that's been a struggle of mine. I've never been one to like even check my, my ketone level or whatever. I had the P strips like early on and then I read that those were not accurate. And then at a keto event last year, October, um, keto coach was there and you know, they do the little prick on the finger and you know, they check, they check your blood glucose and your, and your ketones. And I knew I was in ketosis. I've already, I had already had a major weight loss, you know, lost over a hundred pounds at that point. You just know mentally, you just, you just know you're in ketosis. So, you know, she showed me my, my reading and it was like 0.7. I'm like, I knew that. 
I mean, anything over mm-hmm. 0.5, you're in ketosis. Um, so, but yeah, like being fixated, like on that, on the weight scale, like that's one of the things I, I tell my class, I'm like, it's okay to step on the scale, but just don't get obsessed with it or whatever. That's why I never bought that keto coach. Cause I know I would be pricking my finger and have to bleed out all the time. And like, I know it doesn't hurt, but still like having to, I don't want to have to do that. Yeah, I'm um, in the same camp of weighing myself every day. I do the yeah. exact same. And then routine. track, and then tracking. Do you have an issue with tracking? I do not. I don't track anything. Okay, I've had my moments where I track. I've had my moments where I don't track. I do feel that if you want to be strict and you want to get to your weight loss goal faster, yeah. I do feel that it's best to track. However, tracking is a pain in the ass, man, because then you gotta you're eating and then all of a sudden, oh crap, I gotta put it in, and then my wife is like can you do that later? Like, and I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, wait, it's fresh in my head. I'm just thinking about it now. Like, yeah, I've dug lots just, of stuff. It's not out sustainable. I've dug yeah, lots of stuff out of the trash trying to get those barcodes to scan. Dude, I've, yes. She would see me in the trash and she goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, I need to scan the barcode because <laughs> I can't find it on the search or whatever. So yeah, like I tell my clients, I'm like, listen, if you want to get to your weight loss goal faster, and you want to be strict on yourself, track. Now, if you want to take it little by little and, you know, all that stuff, don't track. I just don't feel like that that tracking is is sustainable. I just don't. So, yeah, I think there's – But, yeah, those have been – yeah, those have been the struggles for me, like the scale and, and, the, and the tracking. Um, everything else, man, as far as, like, I, I – the motivation is there. I, I have a group chat with a lot of great guys, some of them that have been on your show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they remind you, you know, if you're having one of those days and get your shit together, you know, get on it, you know, get your workout in or whatever. Like, so as another thing, but Instagram, my, my keto Instagram, I didn't have that before. I had a personal one and then friends were like, yo, do it. You can help out so many people. And then it blew up and, if it wasn't for that, I would have never met those guys, would have never met you, would have never met anybody. Yeah. So it's with this journey has brought so many things and I'm just I'm just so happy for it. Yeah, I completely, completely understand that. I mean, I definitely think there's a, a place and time for the tracking. I mean, the tracking really helped me understand like the amount of food that I was eating because before yeah. starting this, you know, I was probably eating five, six, 7,000 calories a day, some days, you know, like going crazy. And, but after a while it does get not, it's not sustainable. Like you're at restaurants Mm -hmm. and you're thinking about, you know, how to track that food as opposed to enjoying yourself and the conversations and the people you're with. So, you know, I moved away from it kind of from that purpose too, or for that purpose too. But so you were just now talking about social media and like the accountability it's given you um do you think social media has primarily affected you in a positive way or has it been negative as well no and then somebody asked me i had the little question icon on my story and um somebody have asked me if i've gotten like haters or something or whatever and i was like surprisingly not i you know the internet is one of those things where you get a lot of people that comment on stuff you know, especially if you put hashtags and stuff and you get all sorts of people, you know, from all over the world looking at your stuff. And I haven't had anybody that has just been talking trash, like maybe like I can count them on my hand, the amount of people that I've had that have done that. 
or have been like, that's not keto or a keto police or somebody or, or maybe mm -hmm. like a vegan or something. <laughs> but I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had anybody that has talked any crap. So it's been very beneficial for me, man. It's like I said, it's opened so many doors for me. Um, partnerships with certain brands, uh, podcast interviews. I've lost count of how many podcast interviews I've had. I think this is like my, I'm closing in on 10. I think I'm like eight by eight or nine or whatever. Um, and then like, that's another thing we spoke about in my group chat. They were like, Oh, like, don't you feel like, you know, you're saying the same story and over and over again. I'm like, I guess, but you say it in different ways, I guess. And then like, maybe the person that's listening to this podcast doesn't listen to that podcast or doesn't know that that podcast exists or whatever. Who knows, man? But either way, just all the information that we talk about, it's going to motivate somebody. It's going to help somebody. And that's what, you know, the whole coaching thing landed on my lap. You know, that was something, you know, in December of last year, a buddy of mine reached out to me, told me his daughters had done the sleep surgery, but their, you know, nutrition, you know, wanted to, he wanted their nutrition to be on point. And uh, he set the price, he said everything. And then I, that kind of like forced me to provide, you know, content, recipes, grocery lists, workouts, all that stuff. And, um, and then they brought me more clients and then, you know, more and more people started coming out of there and then i started making little flyers posting them on, on my story and that's I and, I and i told people i'm not going to be one of these coaches that go into people's dms and hey man i should be your coach no like i want you to come to me and i want to hear your story and i want to hear from your voice or look into your eyes and know that you're serious about this you know because those that make this decision even people that make a decision to have a sleeve surgery or, or gastric or whatever that's not an easy decision. I went for, uh, I think like two consultations in my whole life. And I left out of there both times. I can do this on my own. And I never did. <laughs> and then eventually, like I said, I woke up when I woke up, but, um, uh, it's like social media. Like I said, I have some built some really, really good. Damn it. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. You're good. My bad, bro. My, good. I got a, uh, I forgot to put my phone on. Do not disturb. I'm sorry. You're good. Um, no problem. But yeah, man, like I, I've met a lot, a lot of great people on this, on this journey. Some are really good friends that I talk to and, you know, so I haven't had much negative from social media. Social media has actually been pretty good to me. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. so moving on, kind of going back and jumping into like the coaching thing you said that fell into your lap um and then you've expanded it since so it has to be really motivational for your clients like seeing the transition that you, or the uh transformation that you've been able to make and yeah. you know i think a lot of people who lose a substantial amount of weight want to get into coaching so have you enjoyed doing the coaching and working with the clients and stuff Definitely, uh, definitely. What I do with with local clients, like I'll go with them to do their first like keto grocery haul, so that they, because I'm more of a visual person, mm -hmm. um, so it's you know so what I do provide for the local clients is like I'll, I'll go with them to the grocery store. They see you know what the products are. I break it down to them. You know what keto is, fasting, and what to break their fast with, stuff like that. And but yeah, like. I've told a lot of them in the beginning and I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to be cocky or to my own horn, but look at where I've come from and then look at another trainer and I'm not knocking them, but look at another trainer who's never been obese and has a six pack or whatever. Like 
yeah, we're different or whatever, but I've battled weight, you know, weight, which is the main, the main goal for everybody to lose weight. And I've battled that, mm-hmm. you know? So me, you know, I would go for the coach that has had a big weight loss and has been there and has dealt with temptation and battled, you know, food addiction and, and all that stuff. Like I want to know a guy, I want to be with a guy who's been there. So I tell them a lot, you know, I want to hear the good and I want to hear the bad because I know that you're not going to have good days all every day. You're going to have bad days and I want to hear about them, you For know, sure. because I've been there, you know, I've had crappy days where I just want to eat everything inside or go to Taco Bell or McDonald's or whatever and eat whatever I want. But, or if I don't want to work out and, you know, some of them just hit me up just to get that motivation or that, you know, help them turn on the switch. And they're like, all right, coach, I'm going to go, you know, get my workout in or whatever. So it's very, it's very satisfying. Um, especially since I coach special Olympics, like seeing their faces when they accomplish something, it's like the same thing when you see your clients, you know, crush their goals and have a, a, a good weight loss. You're like, you're in the zone, you're getting yeah. it done. You know, what's up, you're fat adapted now, you know, and then, I have certain clients in my, cause I have a Facebook group and that group is basically where they post their meals for um, accountability. They post their workouts there or their runs or whatever, just to, you know, um, and I was part of one myself uh, called fit, healthy, abundant, mm-hmm. just post your meals. That's all it was. And then you seeing that you're like, damn, that looks good. Let me, what's that recipe or damn, this person's on point today. I got to be on point today too. It's an accountability thing. So that's also included with my coaching. And then, like I said, I have certain clients that have been doing so well on, on, you know, their weight loss that they help out other people. And I'm, I'm very big into team. I'm very big into team and helping out the next person. So like I said, I have certain clients that help out others in the group, especially the the newcomers. And I have even some that have branched off and they're doing their own coaching thing on the side. So everybody help everybody, man. Uh, I even have a special Olympics athlete um i don't charge him uh he joined up with me i think he was like my it was the two girls the sisters that i started with and then he was my very next client and like i said i was starting off new everything and he was just like i want to do keto coach buddy's like six foot five and like was over 300 pounds at that time he's a big dude i call him like my little john like he's big guy but there he's like a teddy bear inside like he's he's very emotional he's He's got a warm heart. Like he's very, he loves to help people. Like that's his thing. So he saw my success and he wanted to get into it. So he was like, I want to hop on keto. I'm like, are you serious? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, okay. And I was like, let's plan to go shopping or whatever. So we went to Costco and we went to Publix and, but he does not cheat. Like he'll send me a random text. Mind you, he's been lost 80 pounds already at this point. Mm-hmm. He'll send me a text coach. Can I have a cheat meal? I'm like, no, Michael, no cheats for you. And then he'll be like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, bro, have a cheat, man. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> like, you're on the Facebook group more than I am. Like, he's posting his his workouts. He's posting his meals, his runs. And, like, he's an inspiration, dude. He's an inspiration. And um, Special Olympics Florida is very, very lucky to have an athlete like him. And, uh, and yeah, man, he's been on it. He just got his wife to be on it. And uh, they're kicking ass. They're doing good. So yeah, this whole the whole coaching thing has been very big blessing. Glad it it came into my lap. And yeah, man, 
I'm sure this. you've been a big inspiration with your weight loss uh, to a lot of those Special Olympic athletes, not just your, not just your um, clients, but also those athletes as well. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten lots of feedback from people, um, especially you know, lots of uh, coaches and 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 my mentor for Special Olympics. Like, you know, she hits me up and asks me for for keto advice or she's putting her relative on keto so a lot of them like they'll listen to my podcast like they're very very supportive like it's it's i'm very fortunate to have the the special limit community you know backing me up and um everybody everybody even even like i saw a couple of coworkers uh because i report to work one day a week and um being that my day is monday uh, Labor Day had just passed, so I reported on Wednesday instead of Monday. So I had seen a couple of coworkers that hadn't seen me, and not that they were being mean, but they were just like, "Wow, like I expected you to gain like the the corona the the quarantine fifteen or the quarantine <laughs> twenty, and I'm like, not I hear, me. not me. That that crap happened, and I, you know, like everybody." I've been fortunate and, and I've had a lot of help. My sister had extra dumbbells, you know, old school plates and stuff. And my brother-in-law had them. So I hit her up and I was like, can I borrow them? I can do a lot with dumbbells. So just started doing walks and cardio around my, my neighborhood and lifting the dumbbells until they opened up uh, the gyms again. And uh, so, yeah, I've been very, very fortunate with that. And even not having the dumbbells or whatever, I encourage my clients because a lot of them don't have gyms that they can stuff is some stuff is open. Some stuff is closed. A lot of them don't have access to it. So I, I send them like body weight stuff. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's all you need and that and maybe some bands or, or like a, a jump rope or something, but it's, you know, you can get it done. And then that's another thing I've told people like, now's the perfect time with this whole quarantine stuff to build a new habit. And yeah, you know, exactly. you can get your workouts in done at home. You know, whether it be whatever, I don't care what you do, go for a walk for 30 minutes. I tell them to do the bare minimum at first. Just do cardio, walk, you know, build up from there. Mm-hmm. Do beach body if you want to do beach body. My sister does beach body. You know, do something as long as you're as long as you're active. But there's no five o'clock happy hour. There's no, hey, let's go out and have drinks. And there's none of that. There's no temptation. There's no movies. There's no nothing like so take advantage, go to the grocery store, get the food you need to get, cook what you got to cook. If you're going to eat out, make better decisions. And that's it. You know, it's all you can do. But it's been awesome, man. This whole ride is from every aspect, from every, every like everything. It's just, it's been so beneficial. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it's been a hell of a ride and you've tried all kinds of different stuff. Um, yeah. but before we wrap up here, I want to just get into um, just a couple questions like about keto for any of the listeners. I'm sure everybody's probably heard of keto, has a general idea of what it is, but I have a few questions that I thought might help some people out. So um, where do you think that a lot of people go wrong with keto? What are some of the things that the path they take incorrectly? I mean, I, like I said, you just need to be more open and not just be stuck on like old facts and old myths or whatever. Times have changed, man. You know, like I said, everybody has this, you know, mixed 
thought of the egg yolk is bad for you or red meat is bad for you or whatever. You have gout, don't have red meat. I'm like, I eat red meat all the time. I don't have no gout, symptoms, nothing. You know, it, it sometimes gets a bad rap. Like people just think it's just cheese and bacon and like all this, like they just have, it's like stereo, stereotype and it's not, you know, it's more to it. You gotta eat more clean food, more whole food, not as much, you know, processed. Um, but like everybody's gonna talk crap about stuff that they don't know or they're not sure of. And all they just gotta really do is just look at, you know, the facts and the facts is basically you're going from having tons of carbs to dropping it drastically, bringing up your fats. And what I mean by fats is not just fatty meat, you know, oil, uh, coconut oil, olive oil, avocado oil, certain cheeses, egg yolks, uh, stuff like that, you know, and protein, you know, kind of in the middle. And then, like I said, the carbs really, really, really low. And so your body goes from burning glucose, which is carbs and sugar, to burning stored fat. Mm -hmm. And hence you're in ketosis, you become fat adapted and you just, weight's coming off. Do you think a lot of people, when they start keto, um, are missing the mark on fat, like not getting enough fats in? As far as tracking, like a lot of people like mistakenly do not add what, like one of the things that I had struggles with at first when I was tracking was, oh damn, I didn't add the oil or what I cooked with or whatever, like, or the butter that I used or whatever. Um, but no, like, like I, it's just people have an idea. It's not just, you know, fatty meat and everybody thinks, oh, fatty meat's bad. Not necessarily. Like mm-hmm. there's good sources. There's good fat in avocado. I think it's good to eat an avocado every day. Avocado is very, very beneficial. Salt is another thing that has a bad rap. Uh, and I think salt is very beneficial, you know, especially when I'm, when I'm fasting, like I'll, ha- I'll sprinkle a little bit of salt in my water and my black coffee. And that keeps me satiated. Um, but like I said, you, you have an idea of what it is when you first start it, you know, but then you just go you get so deep into it. And then you, you, you know, you do the net carbs, you do the total carbs, like you play around with it, you know, and everybody, you know, my keto is different from the way that this person does keto. Like it's just, everybody has a different way of doing it. I and, think it, one good point you brought up there was the, the salt. One thing I didn't really understand whenever I started doing it was the hydration factor and how much sodium you lose out of your diet when you switch over to the keto. And I, uh, follow like a lot of Rob Wolf stuff and I got like his like keto masterclass and that's where I really learned a lot about um, the hydration and how that helps you through like the keto flu um, type yeah. symptoms and stuff like that yeah I told I told my clients I was like when you make sure you salt your food try to have an avocado every day you do that and that's your you know along with like eating like leafy greens and stuff like that as well that'll probably like help you fight keto flu if you experience it i experienced it very lightly in the very beginning uh and that was because like i said and i'm i love avocado and stuff but i'm like i'm not gonna be i don't buy pro like fresh produce most of the time uh i on this grocery trip that we just did we just we bought like onions and a couple of things there but um most of the time it just it stays there like we use it and but like a lot of the time like if i buy a big pack i know it's not gonna last and it'll go bad before because like i don't want to babysit anything so as far as like 
vegetables, I get a lot of frozen vegetables, pop in the microwave, steam it or whatever, pop it in the air fryer, um, stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's vegetables, you know, the whole, you know, everything helps, man. Um, I bake a lot more like, you know, the, the keto sweets and everything. Like I try to have that on the weekends and still gotta be strict, you know, you still gotta be strict no matter what. And, uh, I try to have like one of these a day, Zevia, cause I had, I've never had an issue drinking water. Um, even when I was bigger, I loved water. Um, but I also loved soda. And I was a Dr. Pepper root beer type of guy and cream soda or whatever. So I found Zevia. Zevia has been a big help. And then They're I also, really good. Like, I can, yeah, I carry this with me everywhere I go. 40 ounces of water. It stays cold for a long time. And I'm very fortunate that in my job, they have like that water fountain where you can put your cup and it fills up and it's, you know, filtered and all that stuff. So, yeah, man. Awesome, man. So last question, it's, uh, it's what I ask everybody. If you could give the listeners um, one simple weight loss tip that they could implement today that would help them throughout their journey, what would that be? Um, try eating cleaner. And what I mean by that is cutting out the you know processed food, liquid calories, all that stuff. Get some sun, some natural vitamin D, you know, try to do, you know, a workout indoor, workout outdoor, kind of like the 75 hard where you have to do a workout indoor and outdoor. Um, exaggerate on water. Uh, definitely do not give up. Stick to what you're doing. You know, see it through. And, you know, once you, like I said, once you make that decision, stick with it. You know, don't give up. And, you know, it's going to be a day-by-day struggle. Not every day is going to be good. But you just keep on going, man. You keep on going no matter what. And I promise you, you're going to see changes. And, you know, part of my, my thing as well is I had a mirror working out. Like I have the mirror even to this day. And when I'm working out, I'm most of the time looking at that mirror, looking at myself. And it's not looking at my muscles. And I'm like, damn, I look good. Like it's more of like kill your clone. <laughs> like yeah. Beat your ass enough that you, you know. You were better, like, be better than you were yesterday type deal. Like, that's, that's, make yourself hurt. Like, go through the struggle. And then you're just going to, you're just going to feel better, man. And you're one workout away from a, a, a good mood. Like, there's many times that I've woken up and I don't feel like going to the gym. You just don't have that, that in you that day. And then you tell yourself, get dressed. You get dressed really quick before your mind catches up. You go, you get your workout in, and you just feel so much better, man. So, you know, like I said, Stay dedicated to it and just don't give up, you know, stick with it. Awesome, man. That is kick-ass advice. So I want to say again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Your transformation is nuts. You're looking Thanks. jacked the whole nine Appreciate yards, it. dude. Um, <laughs> but before we get off here, tell everybody where they can find you on social media, your coaching. Hold on. Okay. Um, well, you can email me at ketodcoaching at gmail.com. And, you know, you can email me there. I, I get several people that email me and just to ask me questions or inquire or whatever. Um, but the bulk of my clients have reached out to me on DM. So you can find me at, at keto double underscore D. And like I said, like, 
I'm not up to that point yet where I'm got 10, I don't got 10 K followers or nothing like that. So I, I still have time to, to, to respond to people No, But even then, if I do, if I do that, like I'm just the person type of person, I love to talk to people. So, you know, if you send me a question or anything, like I'm going to answer it, I'll give you my, the best advice I can. I'm not perfect. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me and on that email and on that Instagram handle. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard the man slide into his DMs. All right. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate hey, it. Appreciate it, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Again, thanks to David Keto D for uh, coming on the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And make sure that you stay hungry. And we will see you next week.